You guys, reverse dieting is one of my favorite phases. Of course, we love watching the scale go down during a dieting phase, but reverse dieting, man, that is where you get to live a little bit. That is where there is food flexibility, food freedom. You can take those spontaneous trips and all of that. However, let's talk about the reality of reverse dieting. Sometimes those untracked meals and that flexibility can create a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of food phobia, right? So I bring on Sarah Ford, who is an amazing macro coach working with women who do struggle with those binge eating tendencies and disordered eating patterns. So we talk about ways that we help our clients set goals and the realities of reverse dieting to hopefully give you some peace of mind on your journey. Hey y'all, I'm Taylor DeHaze. I'm obsessed with all things fitness and business. I left my career as a TV reporter after 10 years to start my own fitness coaching company. I was so tired of seeing people struggle with disordered eating and misguided weight loss information. Think of this as your one-stop shop for training, nutrition, and success while navigating through life. Grab a cup of coffee, get cozy, and get ready to learn and laugh. Again, welcome to the Taylor Living Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. All right, Sarah, what's going on with you this morning? I am still caffeinating, even though it is like 1115. <laughs> hey, Taylor, I am on cup number one and a half, so I, I feel you. <laughs> one and a half, not too bad. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on three, but it's okay, right? <laughs> we're, not, we're not taking pre-workout today, so, so balanced. Exactly. Um, you know, I know we chatted for a few minutes prior to this recording, but, you know, Sarah, you are somebody that I have followed for years now, and I have watched you grow into um, just a really amazing coach and somebody that I always can count on for really amazing content in terms of food phobia, um, really great content on reverse dieting, and just the, you know, um, I feel like we just all talk about reverse dieting. There's so many nuances, but it really is a tough spot sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of times, um, you know, coaches, like we, you know, we know it. And if you're in the industry, you know, reverse dieting, but you know, if you go out, you know, to, you know, the grocery store and you start talking to someone about reverse dieting, they look at you like you have five heads. Right. Um, and yes. which, yes. <laughs> in the industry itself, there's, you know, a lot of, um, you know, different, differing opinions and, and mixed messages. So, um, it's hard to know, you know, as a, you know, a client or an athlete, you know, what's, you know, quote unquote, right or wrong. Right. And, you know, um, in terms of this podcast, because I know we could definitely go so many different directions versus, you know, lifestyle or competition, right. Recovery versus reverse. Um, so, you know, for the sake of, for this, I do want to focus on lifestyle and, um, in particular, getting into the nitty gritty of the struggle with some inevitable weight gain and just kind of navigating that. Right. So I have done a podcast on just the basics of reverse dieting, but just to cover it again, you know, reverse dieting essentially is when you slowly increase your calories, working up to a maintenance phase, um, and that is, you know, where you build muscle. That is where you find your food flexibility, food freedom, et cetera. So, you know, Sarah, I just want to talk to you. How, how do you know 
if somebody is in need of a reverse diet. You can be as elementary as you want because um, I feel like everybody, you know, I don't know if you get this, but clients come to me and they're like, hey, I want to lose weight, but they're eating like, you know, 1,500 calories, and that's not really how that works. Right, yeah. So I would say so if a new client is coming to me, um, first off, we kind of take if – they, if they're not tracking already because sometimes people are – are tracking very diligently. You know, they have their food scale and they weigh out every piece of broccoli that goes in their mouth. Mm -hmm. And then you have other people that, you know, maybe track, you know, once a week and kind of guesstimate. So I like to get at least four days of them tracking accurately what they're currently eating. You know, I always say, you know, do the best you can to, you know, pretend like I'm not asking you to do this and, you know, don't change anything about the way you're currently eating. Uh, sometimes it's helpful to also just like, keep a, a pen and paper notepad of what you ate and the serving size and go ahead and plug it into my fitness pal, your tracking app afterwards. Um, and basically we're just establishing, you know, how much are you currently eating now actually? Um, and where is, you know, your body currently maintaining at? And a lot of times after doing that, we do find that you know, someone is maybe maintaining their weight on say, you know, for a female, anywhere from 13 to 1600 calories. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, if, you know, they come to me initially and their goal is to lose weight, lose fat, even if they're at 1,600 calories, you know, and say it's a 5'7", you know, woman and she's active, at 1,600 calories, I'm still going to have to drop you to about 1,200 to get fat loss going. Well, um, and, you know, before you continue, that's something to mention that I think people don't understand. Like, even if you hit your your maintenance calories, it is a range, you know, it is a you know, several hundred calorie range. So when you have to get into a deficit, it's not like you can just cut a hundred calories and expect fat loss. And so, like you said, you know, for somebody on 1600 calories, you're going to have to get to 12, 11, maybe even a thousand if it gets kind of gritty and we plateau. And, and that's the whole point of reverse dieting. And so we can diet on more calories, of course, but anyway, just wanted to kind of put that into perspective as you're talking yeah. about it. Yeah, that's a good point for sure because, yeah, it's not just as simple as dropping, you know, a little bit of food. You know, usually we have to, you know, get well outside that maintenance range. Um, so, yeah, so I guess when, you know, someone comes to me, we kind of first, like, you know, of course I'm under, you know, I know what the clients, you know, kind of staff are, their activity levels, because, you know, a 60-year-old woman that's, you know, pretty sedentary is going to have a different different estimated maintenance than, you know, a 22-year-old that's super active, right? Um, so, um, you know, once we kind of clarify that, you know, hey, in the long run, we need to work up your calories, you know, like you were saying, Taylor, to at a more appropriate maintenance so that we can achieve this goal of fat loss. Um, and it's very, very hard for people to hear sometimes that, you know, we can't have um, what, you know, we can't have the goal now. You know, we have to do some some homework, some prep work to get you there. Right. And so, you know, of course, the goal as coaches is to make the reverse dieting process as comfortable as possible, right? Because, you know, people always want to know, well, will I gain weight? And, of course, our answer, I'm sure, is always, well, it depends, right? You know, because everyone is a different science experiment. Some people lose weight at first and then kind of levels out. Some people, it's a very, very slow gain. And I know people are thinking, oh, well, if it's a slow gain, like, hell no, count me out. But let's talk about that. Let's talk about the possible weight gain during a reverse diet, what that entails, and how, you know, it's, it's not like we're just 
putting on a ma- like mass amounts of fat, but you know, I feel like it's pretty normal to, depending on how long you're reversing, to fluctuate anywhere from, say for a female, you know, five, five, 10 pounds, possibly 10 is on the, on the higher end of side talking about a lifestyle client, but um, you know, around five pounds is a pretty safe spot. I mean, what are you, what's your take on that? Yeah. So um, again, that's a very common question. How much weight will I gain? Will I gain weight? Will I lose weight? Um, and again, you know, I like to always, like you're saying, say it depends, kind of explain, um, you know, the people that you see on Instagram that lose weight, what's happening is oftentimes their, their non-energy expenditure is increasing. Um, so they are still in a deficit when we first increase calories um, or, you know, they weren't really in a deficit to begin with and that kind of thing. Um, and then talking about, you know, expecting, you know, weight gain, first off, you know, kind of establishing some of that initial weight gain, it's just water, glycogen, and food volume. You know, yes. when, we, when we increase your food, when we increase your carbs, um, you know, every, you know, gram of carbs stores about three to four grams of water. So in, in your in your body, so that has weight to it. That's why, you know, when you go on a keto diet, you lose, uh, you know, 10 pounds, you know, the first week or five pounds in the first week because you drop. Literally. Right. <laughs> So kind of explaining that, um, and then you have, you know, increased, you know, muscle glycogen, which honestly, you'll, you'll probably look better in the gym, you know, nice and, you know, fuller, tighter, um, you know, because of those carbohydrates. And um, so just explaining, you know, what that weight gain actually is, you know, and, uh, you know, one thing I kind of like to use the, the analogy is, you know, can we gain, you know, three pounds, you know, what is three pounds? I know it's scary a number to look at maybe, but think about, think about that three-pound pink dumbbell at the gym. You know, that's nothing, and it's evenly distributed around your body. Um, and, you know, if we need to accept a little bit of weight gain, that's really not going to be a lot of necessarily fat tissue, but mostly, you know, different, you know, a mix of, um, you know, water, muscle, and, you know, glycogen and all that good stuff and food volume, uh, you know, what what does that mean to you? You know, is that is that worth it to get to where you want to be in the long run, and not just physically, but mentally, um, you know, and, and from a health standpoint? Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, and more often than not, I would say, you know, every now and then I might get somebody who is actually eating a pretty good amount and actually comes to me seeking out a reverse diet. But I would say more often than not. I do get the women who are eating anywhere between 1,400 to 1,600 calories a day and, you know, um, probably struggling with food anxiety, maybe some disordered eating, maybe some binging here and there. So the reverse dieting process, aside from the, you know, a little bit of weight gain that is water fluctuation, not to mention food flexibility, right? Like you, you're, you know, able to go out to eat more and enjoy those spontaneous trips and whatnot, possibly a little bit better. You're not always the girl dieting at the dinner table. Um, that can also cause fluctuations on a day-to-day. But I want to talk about working through those mental hurdles during a reverse diet, because I think that is one of the biggest sticking points, and it's why I get clients more often than not where they might start to see that scale creep up and they want to go back to cutting or want to go back to a deficit. And they never truly spend enough time working through those mental hurdles. So I want to talk about how you handle um, food phobias and maybe, first of all, what would you – 
what would you consider like a food phobia or a disordered eating pattern? Um, maybe starting with like an untracked meal versus like a cheat meal. I don't use the term cheat meal. I'm sure you don't either because that, you know, negative connotation. But if right. I go and I give a client, you know, say, hey, this week instead of your structured refeed day, let's have you try an untracked meal. Well, maybe that turns into an all-out binge. It gets, you know, kind of out of control. And the next day they might be back to normal. But how do you work through those, like, triggers, those anxiety, that food phobia? Yeah, so I think a lot of times um, some people have certain, like, foods, like, like in particular that cause them anxiety to eat. You know, a lot of times, like, you know, pastas or carb-based things or sweets or things like that or foods that in the past they've had the tendency to, um, you know, kind of overeat and feel like they lost control around those foods. Um, and then other people just have, in general, a fear of not tracking their food. Like, they are afraid to eat anything that they can't put in my fitness pal. Um, and during a reverse diet, I like to, I like to start off with structure. You know, I think, um, that's very helpful and comforting, especially in the beginning when we're starting off, you know, kind of doing something that we've never done before, doing something a little scarier, but as, you know, we start working up, um, you know, your, your calories and your, um, your carbohydrates and macros, I like to start incorporating untracked meals or, um, challenging a client to add those foods that maybe gave them some anxiety. And with the untracked meal, um, the way I like to do those is, you know, I, again, not a cheat meal, just a meal where I want you to, you know, if you don't even have to go out to dinner, you know, it doesn't yep. have to be yep. a big to do. It could even be if this is where we're start, if this is where we're at mentally, it could just be your normal dinner that you normally have. I just don't want you to put it in my fitness pal. Um, you know, we can still weigh it even if that's where we're at, but maybe we put the food scale away and we just, you know, plate our dinner and eat it, you know, um, if you have like, you know, some support systems, like, you know, maybe a spouse or family or friends, um, it's a great time to do an untracked meal with them kind of and really enjoy the social aspect of coming out to dinner or eating a meal. Um, and, you know, and, and do that, right? And, you know, we don't change anything about the rest of our day. We still, you know, have our habitual kind of pre and post-workout meal, and then we just have an untracked dinner, right? Um, and you kind of learn, it's, it's, you have to go through these things sometimes to see that the anxiety is, it was a lot of it within your head, right? It's always worse in our heads, you know? So we, we have all this anxiety about eating the pasta or not tracking the food, but we kind of do it and we live to tell the tale and it gets easier over time. So that's how I like to do the untracked meals uh, during a reverse diet. Yeah, you know, we honestly are, are identical because I, it's just funny because I was thinking about that, you know, the whole untracked meal at home is something that I love to start out with. And, um, you know, even if it's something that's like, uh, you know, to change it up a little bit, but let's say I have a client who, you know, their, their trigger might be pizza, right? And, and pizza is something that has like an infinite amount, right? Like you can keep grabbing slice after slice after slice. The thing that I like to do too is if I know that's a trigger food, then I might say, hey, go split like a, like a, you know, there's so many options at the grocery store that are actually very trackable. Mm -hmm. So before we progress to like a restaurant, maybe you and a friend grab a pizza, make it at home, practice tracking it. And when you track something, 
where you know, okay, I do have the label, I feel comfortable, however, this food is a little out of my comfort zone, starting there and then maybe progressing to dinner out. Because what I find, too, is with the out-of-control aspect, if somebody goes out to a restaurant and they have a, you know, it's kind of like the, once the floodgates are open, that's it, um, you're, you're not really going to order a second entree of pasta, right? Like, you know, right. By the time you order that, you're likely going to stop yourself. Same thing with, like, a burger and fries. You're probably not going to order a second burger and fries. Like, you're just going to not do that. But if somebody, you know, if you get pizza and the whole table is eating pizza, you could just keep going and going. Or, you know, sushi is another one sometimes that I know people struggle with. Um, but, I mean, of course, the sweets and whatnot. But I think, like, practicing at home is definitely a great tactic you know, making yourself a pasta dish at home, um, making sure that, you know, you feel comfortable within your box, essentially, before you kind of branch out, but also understand that it is trial and error. You are not going to get it right the first time, right? Like, you're probably going to have to, you know, mess up a little bit. And I think, I'm sure you agree that, um, you know, our coaching styles, we don't strive for perfection. If I get somebody who binge eats, I'm not thinking that they're never going to binge again after they come to me. We're just trying to binge less and less and less over time. Yeah, that's, and I have someone that we just started on a Riverside a couple weeks ago and, you know, kind of working through, you know, what are your, your goals? You know, what, what is your, like, kind of, I had her um, before we started the reverse. I was like, I want you to write down, you know, what the ideal relationship with food looks like for you. You know, what does that look And we're not going to, like, I'm not expecting us to like be that person next week, but, you know, we slowly over time each week, you know, we're going to progress to getting there. Um, And it's not an unattainable goal. It just takes practice. Um, you know, like you're saying, and yeah, and, and not perfect, you know, messy, messy practice sometimes. So, you know, and I think that's, it's, it's hard to say that, right? Like practice eating food, but honestly, yeah, you know what I mean? Like practice going out to dinner because ultimately reverse dieting while you are, you know, while you are increasing your calories, that's also opening up your ability to make more foods kind of fit in your Tetris of macros, you know what I mean? And so um, I think that when it, when, when you're trying to overcome food phobias, you're not really seeing the scale move down. Um, there's still a lot that can go hand in hand with that. So, I mean, how do you, how do you just kind of keep an eye? How do you set goals with your clients? Um, along the way so they can keep an eye on the prize because if I get a client who let's say they are really severely under eating I mean reverse dieting isn't like a four-week thing I mean it's definitely going to take some time and it's definitely going to be significantly longer than any kind of dieting phase so how do you keep your clients motivated when they're like oh I'm hitting my macros but I'm not seeing any changes it's like well you're we're reverse dieting you know but um, what are some checkpoints that you use? Definitely strength goals. You know, that's, that's a big one, you know, or, you know, if we're not a lifter, you know, um, other type of, you know, um, if you, if you're a runner or, you know, you like to do yoga, whatever it is, kind of having goals there. Um, 
is I find to be very helpful and reporting on that every week, how that those things are going. Um, and then, you know, focusing on, uh, you know, making the progress, you know, toward your relationship with food, like we were talking about before. So being able to do the untracked meal, going out to eat without anxiety, all that good stuff. Um, and then I guess, you know, kind of one of the final things is just really hyping them up. Like, hey, listen, I know like this feels tedious, but, and you want to, you know, everyone's talk, everyone else is talking about dieting and you want to, you want to do that too. Um, and I get it, but think about it. Like you're doing the hard work now, like what you're doing, you're, you're the champ right now. Like anyone can diet. Dieting is, I mean, really, if you, at the end of the day, it's easy, right? But doing the total opposite of what society is screaming at you to do and, and taking the time to really heal your body, that's the hard stuff. So right. kind of really hyping you up like listen you're hardcore right now like I know it doesn't feel like that you feel like oh like hardcore is dieting hardcore is doing all the cardio but that's not really true you know you're doing the hardcore you know work mentally and physically by you know healing your body and getting yourself um you know to that homeostasis yeah you know you're you're so right um you know, and, and that's, I just think the mindset is so important and, um, you know, keeping the focus off of, uh, just like how, how they look sometimes, or, you know, obviously we don't want anybody to be uncomfortable, but I just feel like if you're constantly focused on aesthetic goals, that's always going to be, um, your downfall, right? Even, even if it's dieting, if your sole reason for dieting is simply wanting to look better and that is the only reason, um, that's not going to motivate you on the days that you are really hungry, you know what I mean? Or um, just really kind of out of it. So my, my question for you is how long typically on average, would you say is, is are your reverse diets for your clients? Ooh, <laughs> I know, I know that's a huge, it depends. Uh, it's a, it depends. I would say if someone isn't like, you know, malnourished yeah malnourished spent their whole life dieting you know essentially you know history of eating disorders if we're not if we're talking about like kind of just general yo-yo dieter um Mm -hmm. maybe spent a couple years yo-yo dieting I would say at least you know like 16 to 20 weeks is kind of what we're looking at as far as the reverse I agree yep um and then for the people that are out there that have spent maybe you know I mean because I always ask people you know and, and I know that you I feel like you and I have both struggled with some kind of disordered eating and that's kind of how we have learned all of these methods as well. Right. Um, But I mean, when was the first time, like how old were you the very first time you intentionally restricted your calories? Oh my God. I was like 11. Yeah. Same. Uh Uh-huh. And (laughs) yep. Isn't that crazy? And the clients are, you know, 50 years old and have been doing it, you know, trying to diet since they were 11. Right. And, you know, all of that compounds, like people don't understand, like, the more you diet, the more your body just like, kind of adjusts to that. And the more time you need to spend healing your body. So, you know, if I get somebody who I know is eating 1200 calories or so, I mean, I don't necessarily say this up front, but we're probably going to spend a year reverse dieting, you know what I mean? Like a while, because not only do I know, like, I know you need the food, but for you to restrict yourself that low for so long, there is a mental um, barrier we have to work through as well. So along with the timeline, um, when would you say that a client 
is mentally ready to go through a diet? Um, I'm looking for, you know, adherence with, you know, the rivers and or the, you know, for a maintenance phase or a building phase, um, you know, and adherence, like, you know, I'm not saying you have to nail your macros every single day, but I want you to be within, you know, five to 10 grams. And the days that you are over or under, your kind of mentality around it is, like, I know why that happens. Like, you know, I was out all day, you know, I just missed, you know, my normal snack, but just no big deal. Tomorrow's, you know, normal day. Or, you know, I went over, by, you know, I had an extra glass of wine and didn't mean, you know, wasn't planning to is what it is, but no big deal. Right. So I'm kind of, but, and I want that no big deal to be just, you know, once a week or, you know, a couple times a month kind of thing. Um, Cause a lot of times I think, you know, I get people that are just all over the place, you know, and we, we oh my gosh, I know. Yep. And I'm like, if we can't be, if we can't be consistent at maintenance, like what makes you think that you can be consistent with less food to work with, you know? Um, so, and I don't know, I think a lot of times people think that, oh, but once I have that goal, then I'll be more consistent, but why can't you be more consistent with the current goal? Like where, where is the block here? I mean, we, we have to work through that. I agree. Uh, I'm the same way. You know, I might have clients who, um, when, when, when we're reverse dieting, it's not really a one size fits all. And I'm sure you're the same. I have some clients who can handle, you know, an intuitive eating day or, uh, you know, untracked meals. Some of them need structured refeeds. Some of them just track protein and total calories. But if I know that we are about to go into a dieting phase, I definitely am like, all right, let's track macros. Let's make sure we're doing some sort of tracking six out of seven days, uh, again, assuming they can handle that seventh day as like an untracked meal or something like that. Um, because you're right there. If you can't handle the current goals in the current situation, there is no light switch that magically flips on when I'm like, all right, room dieting phase begins. Like, it's not like that. <laughs> it's not how it really works. <laughs> so, you know, um, I agree with you. And then, um, you know, the last thing I want to touch on, and, and I think we could have an entire podcast on a mini cut, but how often, so, you know, a mini cut for me is anywhere between like, I mean, again, it depends, but anywhere between like six to 12, maybe 16 weeks if the client has a pretty big weight loss goal. Uh, my question for you is, how, like, what is the ratio of, like, reverse dieting to mini cuts, and how often do you use them? Because I think that I've just seen this more and more, maybe on Instagram, but I just feel like everybody is always doing a damn mini cut. Honestly, Taylor, I I don't use them. I, okay. I rarely use them. Um, with, a re- with a building phase, so, like, in an actual more of a surplus, I will use them sometimes, um, like if someone, um, you know, hasn't, you know, maybe their hunger signals are, are low, you're, they're, they're just feeling full all the time, or they're feeling sluggish, or maybe we've kind of overshot where we want to be body fat, you know, percentage-wise, um, so we just kind of want to pull things back and just resensitize both appetite and just kind of physique to that surplus, but during a reverse diet, um, I'm really not mini-cutting because you know, if we're doing it short term, we're doing, you know, if we only need a 20 week, you know, reverse diet, I'm not really going to mini cut you. Um, And I guess for me, mini cuts, I are more aggressive and more like six week max um, when I use them. Uh, And with a reverse diet, you know, I, 
you know, we don't want to, you know, kind of lose the momentum. We don't want to confuse your body with a, you know, with cutting, you know, when we're, we're trying to tell the, tell the body, hey, we want to get to homeostasis and you don't want to throw a cut, you know, we, you don't want to throw extra stress at the body. So let me rephrase because I think that I phrased that poorly. I guess I'm wondering, let's say we reverse diet. We've spent months doing this. We're in a good spot. We have a great relationship with food and the client is ready to try a fat loss phase, whatever you want to call that, a diet, whatever. When, like how, how often, how long do you typically diet for? Because I guess this is stemming from, I will get clients that are just itching to diet the second that scale starts to move up in their reverse. Does that make sense? And perhaps, perhaps we have already gone through a three month fat loss phase and then it's, you know, the end of the year, we really haven't spent that much time kind of maintaining again and they're already itching to diet. I feel like I get this all the time. Once you get a client who has that first taste of a diet, they just want to stay in that diet. So does that, is that more clear? I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no, no, I guess, I mean, you're right. There's so many terms out there. I guess, you know, like, so after the reverse, I do like to kind of hold it maintenance just for like at least two weeks just to kind of like solidify the maintenance. For sure, yeah. And then from there, you know, again, it depends on the person, you know, how much fat we're trying to lose. But like, I don't really like dieting people longer than four months, you know, five months, you know, if they have more fat to lose, Um, you know, because most of our clients aren't like, you know, or obese, obese, where we could really diet for a long time. Um, and, but a lot of our clients, you know, do have that history of dieting and aren't, you know, don't necessarily have a ton of body fat to even lose. So we want to keep things, um, you know, slow and not no crash dieting um, and, you know, not lose too much weight, you know, because for them, we're risking losing muscle mass and putting our metabolism in a more jeopardized spot when we just spent all this time, you know, reverse dieting. Right. So, yeah, like for me, 12, 20 weeks, you know, more is kind of like max. And at like 20 weeks, you know, we're incorporating things like diet breaks and refeeds and whatnot. Right. So after you go through a diet and let's say you put in, like you said, three, maybe four months, and then you start to, we're not going to do a diet break. This is somebody that doesn't have a ton of fat to lose. Okay. So they've, they've lost some weight. They're feeling good. You start to bring calories back in. Um, and kind of repeat the cycle, you know, the reverse dieting kind of starts over again. Mm-hmm. Um, when, how long would it take you before you considered doing another three to four months kind of cut with that client? Again, normally I'm looking around another four, you know, I kind of like, it's kind of like at least, at least a one-to-one ratio is kind of yeah. what I'm for. Um, so if you do a 16 week cut, we're probably reversing for at least 16 weeks, um, but I think, I don't know, what I've noticed is, you know, when I take someone through several cycles of reversing and cutting, the, you know, future reverses, sometimes we're able to add calories quicker. or and Yeah, I agree with you. Faster. And I think, I think some of it has to do with adding muscle mass. Um, I think some of it has to do with increased adherence. Like, they're just a more skilled, quote, unquote, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> um, Right. So I think it's a combination of both those things. Um, but, yeah, I, I will say that, that it, we can, you know, kind of work calories up quicker. And that's the goal, right? We want to, you know, if we can, you know, be at a lower weight than, like, where we started from and be eating more, you know, that's the goal, you know, really. Um, 
and maintain, you know, on a, on maintain your weight, you know, on a, on a higher amount. Right. And I think people, you know, sometimes ask me, well, okay, like, is this just like a constant, like reverse cut, reverse cut? And I'm like, kind of, right. Like the, the goal, I think for most people that, you know, want to look better, feel better, build muscle, you know, it really is kind of just an evolving state of, you know, reverse dieting, dieting. Now I know you said a one-to-one ratio, um, but I think like long-term, I would definitely encourage reversing longer or at least holding maintenance a little bit longer. And, you know, I know you would would too. I was just going to say, like, eventually, like, depending on your physique goals, we want to get, we might want to get to a point where we actually enter more of a surplus and, yeah. and, and hold there for a while, you know, go in and try and actually work on, you know, a, being in a slight surplus and building muscle. Cause that's what's really going to shape, change your physique. And yes, can we build mu- muscle at maintenance? Sure. But to really optimize and give your body the fuel that it needs to make, to literally put more tissue on your body um, in, in the form of muscle mass, we do need, you know, a little extra support and that support comes through calories. Right. Right. So, so it, 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 again, it depends on your goals, but it isn't just, it shouldn't be reversing and cutting until we're 90 years old. Right. <laughs> yeah. Different, no. You know, phases of, of maybe building phases of maintaining. Um, but again, always, you know, go back to, you know, your why and, and not what, you know, social media tells you should, you should do. And I know you, you're big on that too. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, like I said, I, I just wanted to talk about um, just the challenges that come with reverse dieting, because I think there are so many mental blockages, you know, and you and I have, I'm sure been there. I know my reverse diet was challenging uh do you remember your reverse diet your very first reverse diet yeah I think yeah yeah do you, what are some uh what's like one like looking back maybe it's not a mistake necessarily but what's something that you're like man why did I do that or like oh I wish I wouldn't have done that <laughs> do you have anything that like stands out to you yeah for me what stands out is I remember like I was trying to increase my food by eating the same foods I was dieting on so what I mean by oh, that oh yeah you know, like, again, kind of back to fear foods, like sticking with, um, you know, veggies or oatmeal or these foods that were, you know, really, you know, high fiber or high volume. And that's just really hard on your digestion as you start increasing foods. And then you never really challenge those food fears by sticking to the same, you know, you know, safe foods. I agree. I remember, yeah, that's, no, that totally is one. I think that we get so used to everything being low carb, low fat, hundred calorie, whatever. And then you're like, oh, well, I'll just have more fat free cheese. It's like, well, that's not really a good idea. Or like those miracle noodles or, you know, yeah. um, rice cakes are one too. I mean, like, yeah. I love a rice cake, but like, I don't know. I mean, if my carbs are, you know, 250, 300 carbs a day, I'm probably not eating rice cakes. No. Definitely go with the jasmine rice. That's yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I agree. Yeah, I remember. I think for me, I spent probably a solid year reverse dieting just because I had such a compounding type of effect from dieting so long. Um, I just was like, wow, macros! I can fit anything I want. I wasn't going out to eat. I definitely was like living and dying by food labels. But that was like. Lenny and Larry cookies were really popular. The really old, shitty Arctic Zero was popular. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. I remember trying to pretend that I liked it. 
Well, I think that we did. I think that we really, like, man, oh, a pint party. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I just remember, like, pint party, the hashtag was such a thing. And it was, like, Arctic Zero and a Quest Bar. I was like, man, I'm so fit. This is awesome. Oh, God, our poor digestive (laughs) systems with all that fiber. (laughs) I know. Yeah, but, um, you know, I just. If you are out there and you're reverse dieting and you feel like there is no light at the end of the tunnel, you know, being somebody, and I know you two, who have not only dieted, but we have prepped, I appreciate a reverse diet more than anything. You know, I really love it. I think that once you finally understand how how much your happiness means to you versus just, like, the scale, a look, whatever, but just, you know um, – being in that position where I'm sure you've been there, where we've had to say no to certain things, you know, it's so nice to be able to go out with friends, uh, share things, sample things, uh, you know, taking last minute trips to different places, just a lot that, that can't happen always when we are, when we are dieting or we, you know, avoid, I guess, when we're dieting. Um, but yeah, you know, just, uh, keeping your, I like, yeah life gains is what I like to call it. It's so true. I mean, I just think that reverse dieting is such an underutilized tool. And and I also hear so many people say, oh man, I know that it's probably necessary to like add, add calories or, you know, gain a few pounds to make it happen. But like, I just don't think I could handle that. It's like, well, you know, if you have a coach to guide you through it, it's not as scary as you think it is. Yeah, I agree. Perfect. All right, Sarah. Well, where can we find you on the gram? So I am at Sarah with two H's uh, underscore sports. Um, and then I just, so I just got married a month ago. So my new last name is Bishop, but my email is sarahbishopfitness at gmail.com. Congratulations. Thank you. I love that. Yeah, getting married during COVID. What a time. Oh, yeah. You have, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, and I'm sure I will uh, talk to you soon. Thanks, Taylor. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Tailored Living Podcast. If you're looking for any nutrition, coaching, programming, or a combination, head over to tailoredtraining.com. You can always send me an email at trainwithtaylor at gmail.com. And of course, follow me on Instagram at taylorfit.com.